Welcome to the City Church Sermon Podcast. City Church is a new church located in the city of Frisco, Texas, just north of Dallas. Our hope and prayer is that the following message can serve as an encouragement and as a blessing and inspiration in your walk with Christ. If you have any questions about City Church and want more information about us or you want to visit during one of our Sunday celebrations, please visit us online at citychurchfrisco.org or email us at hello at citychurchfrisco.org. If you would like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at citychurchfrisco.org slash give. Thank you for listening. Joshua chapter 3 verse 1. The word of God says, Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shechem and went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went through the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the covenant of the, and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Verse 4. Then you will know which way to go. Since you've never been this way before, but keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Do not go near it. Verse 5. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow, everyone say tomorrow. Tomorrow, Tomorrow, everyone say tomorrow. tomorrow. For tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. How many believe that? That God can do amazing things among you. That God can do amazing things in your family. That God can do amazing things in your marriage. That God can do amazing things in your finances. That God can do amazing things in our church. That God can do amazing things in your kids. God can do amazing things in your heart. God can do amazing things at work. God can still do the impossible church. Can you believe it? Father, we come before your presence. We thank you, God, for your word. We thank you, Jesus, for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, for the good news of Jesus Christ. We thank you, God, for this year that is about to end. Lord, there were victories. Lord, there were tears. Lord, there was laughter. Lord, there was sadness. Lord, there were moments that we were high in just worshiping you, Lord. But then there were moments where we were going through the valley. But through it all, but through it all, Jesus, you were with us. And we are here today, and we've made it to today. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. High five two or three people and say, you made it. You're here, you made it, you made it, and you may be seated. Amen? Amen, amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. I'm glad to see everyone. It's little chilly outside, but thank God we're not having service outside, right? We're inside and we're comfortable and everyone looks good. I think, I think the holidays were good to everyone, right? Uh, God was with us. Um, how many enjoyed the Christmas service last week? Amen. Amen? Yes, let's give God a hand praise for that. It was, we had a great time and I, uh, just talking to several of you during the week, it seems like everyone had a good Christmas and I'm, I'm glad that, that Santa visited you guys. Amen. And that's good and um, that you're blessed. And, um, but today we are celebrating another, it's like we go from celebration to, to celebration, right? The, 
the Christmas season is over, and now we're reflecting on the year that has passed, the year 2017. And, and I get to this time, I get to these, the season of the year, and um, sometimes I wonder why do we make such a big deal of the new year? Why, why is there such a, a, a different feeling, or at least for me it is, there's a dif- different air uh, around this time the new year, why do we do what we do? Why do we celebrate so much the fact that we're going to go from December 31st to January 1st? It's just another day. It's just another transition from one day to the next. What makes it so special? What makes it so different than every other day? Today is Sunday. Tomorrow will be Monday. Last Last week we had the same thing, one Sunday, then another Monday. But what is so different? And I think, and I've come to the conclusion that the reason why it feels so different is that because when we come to December 31st, or around this time, and I know it is for, the fact is for me that when I, when I meditate or when I think about some of the things that have happened to us during this year, um, I begin to think about the possibilities of the, of the next year. I begin to think about it and, and meditate on the things that maybe I didn't accomplish in 2017, but the things that are possible in 2018. And as I'm thinking of the things that are possible for 2018, uh, another it, it, it begs the question, uh, one question leads to another is that, the question is, what is important? If, if there's things I want to accomplish that I didn't accomplish in 2017, then why did I not accomplish them? What kept me from accomplishing? Is it maybe that it wasn't that high of a priority? Is it maybe that I need to reprioritize certain things in my life? But what is truly important in my life? As I look at 2018, what is important and what is not important? What am I wasting Precious energy and time on that I shouldn't be using. Because time is a resource, church. Praise the Lord, everybody. 2017, you will never get it back. It's just going to be in our memories. The accomplishments, the failures, the learning moments, the the things that we reached, the things that we didn't reach, those are going to be distant memories not too long from now. So how do I improve on 2017? And what is truly important? What is truly the things that I do need to improve on? What are the priorities that I need to focus on, not just for me, but for my family? Not just for me, but the relationships I am, I'm in. Not just for me, but the relationship I have with God. Not just for me, but that neighbor that's sitting next to me, that neighbor at home, that neighbor at work. What do I need to prioritize? And I find myself, maybe this is you also, I find myself that every year, I I try to write down goals. I try to write down things that I want to focus on. But, like, it's kind of hard to to really sit down and and take the pen to the paper. Because because I feel like as, as soon as I start writing, I am committing myself to something. And then the what ifs begin. What if... 
What if I write this today, December 31st or January 1st, and then December 31st of 2018 rolls around and I open my journal and I look and I see that I didn't do it? What if I fell? What if I don't make it? What if I, I have all these grand ideas and I have all these things that I feel God is leading me to that I can accomplish, that I can do, not for my glory, but for God's glory, not for my own good, but for my family's good, not just for me, but for the finances at home so that not only can we take care of the things we need to take care of, but we can give more, be more charitable, not just to the church, but to any need that that's, uh, arises around me. And I start writing, and it's like, oh, should I really write that down? Because at the end of the year, this is going to accuse me. It's going to scream at me, you didn't do this. So we prefer, that, and this is, this is, I think, in general terms, I think that for most of us, we would prefer not to write things down. And we make resolutions in our heart, in our minds, but there's nothing that holds us accountable. And the end of the year comes around and we look back and we think, well, it wasn't too bad. I, I accomplished some things. I was able, we got a new car. We got this. We were able to pay off some of this. And my marriage is doing okay. We did a, a few more date nights than what usually we do. And I think my wife is happy with me. I think. And we prefer to live that way because there's no way to measure our growth because it's not written down. There's no way to truly say, well, yeah, I did improve or no, I need to work on this because we didn't take pen to paper. Because when you write your goals down, you, you, you need to focus. And, and when you write goals down, it's not enough just to write goals down because Every goal needs a plan. Because I can write 25 goals, but if I don't have a plan to accomplish them, then what good does it do? I focus on the priorities and begin to see, wow, if I write that, is that truly necessary in my life? Do I truly need to catch up on all those episodes of this? Or do I truly need to read the Bible as much as, is it the Bible or is it the episodes? I want to read more books to, to improve my thinking and to, to get more wisdom in my... And we begin to weigh things in our lives. I recently read the story of a carpenter. He was hired by a man to, to build an entertainment center. And they set a date and the carpenter arrived at the man's house ready uh, to, to get to work, and uh, the man, uh, the, the carpenter's knocking on the door, the man opens the door, and the carpenter's there, and the man looks at him, says, oh, you're here already, okay, if you want, you can go around the back so you can unload your tools. The carpenter says, today we're not building anything. He says, what do you mean you're not building anything? That's what you're here for. He says, how can I build something if I don't even know what you want? How can I build something if there isn't a plan? How can I build something if there isn't a design? Today we're going to plan. Today we're going to design. I didn't bring any tools today. Because see, I'm a craftsman. What do you mean you're a craftsman? See, I put a lot of love and effort 
and care into every one of my designs. Sure, I can bring in the tools today and I can start building, but honestly, if I just start building without a design, without a plan, without knowing what you want, without understanding your needs, uh, what am I going to build? Is it going to be something beneficial to you or is it truly just going to be another entertainment center that will be thrown away in a couple years? He said, I need a design, I need a plan, I need to understand where, where you're going, what you want, the use that you want for it, what do you want to store inside of it, how big is the television you're going to put on it. I need to understand what you want. But isn't this kind of like our lives? That our years go by, our lives go by, and we look back and we wonder, well, what have I truly accomplished? Where have I gone? And we, we choose to live lives without a design and without a plan. If your life is greater than an entertainment center, don't you think that your life is worthy for you to sit down to plan and to design the life that you want to create? Amen. I'm glad that you think you're worthy. That's, that's great. That, that's the first thing that you need to understand. That your life is going to be built one way or the other. And, and if you don't take your life by its horns and you don't decide, you know what? This is where my life is going to go. My life will be a life that glorifies God. My life will be a life that lifts God's name up. But what does that truly look like? Practically speaking, what does that look like? Is it just me going to church on Sundays? Or at least three times a month? Or is it just, is it, what does it look like? What does a life led by design look like? And if our lives are of more significance than a piece of furniture, I think, I believe that there is no reason for the youngest person here to the most experienced person here, why you wouldn't sit down today, tomorrow, and work out what you want to accomplish this coming year. We need to learn to live by design and begin to know the life that you want to create not only for you, but for your family. And if you're able to design and you're able to plan for it, you'll be able to build a masterpiece of a life and not just a piece of junk that will be forgotten when you're gone. See, but in order for you to live a life of design that is led by God, you need to Ready yourself. As I said, you can have all the goals you want, but if there's no plan and there's no preparation, how are you going to get there? John chapter 3, Joshua chapter 3 verse 5, Joshua told the people, the commanders went out and they gave him instructions. You know what? We're here, and just to give you a context, we're here to cross the Jordan. Jericho is on the other side. God has promised to give us Jericho. And here are the instructions. And then Joshua says in verse 5, Consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do 
amazing things among you. Consecrate. There's another Bible version that says, sanctify yourselves. So what does this mean? What does consecrate mean? Consecrate means to dedicate to a sacred purpose. Sanctify. What does sanctify mean? To be set apart for a purpose. See, and the Israelites and Joshua, they did consecrate themselves to the Lord. They, they saw God when it came time for it, when it came time to move, when it came time to march, they saw God part the Jordan River and they were able to walk through dry land. They were able to see God move in the city of Jericho where the walls tumbled down without even them having to lift the finger and the city of Jericho was delivered to them. My question to you today is, what area in your life do you need to cross over? What area in your life do you need to see the walls tumble down? Maybe it's a dream that God's put in your heart and you put it on hold. Maybe it's a family member that has not given their lives to Jesus. Maybe it's an advancement in your career. Maybe it's, a, it's your finances. Maybe it's a house for your family. Maybe there's a toxic environment that surrounds you all the time. And God is telling you, you need to get up and you need to move. And you need to find the strength to get up. Maybe it's your health. What area do you need to work on in your life? Joshua said, consecrate yourselves and tomorrow you will see that God will do amazing things. Whatever it is in your life that you need God to move in. Whatever it is that you need to see God's hand at work in your life. Church, we need to consecrate ourselves. We need to sanctify ourselves. We need to be set apart for God's purpose. And then we will see God's hand move in our lives. You want God to do a wonder in your life. You want God to do amazing things in your life, in your family, in your marriage, in your finances, at home, at work. Consecrate yourself. Sanctify yourself. We, we, we can't live the way we've always lived and expect for things to be different. That is the very definition of insanity. Doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. I want to get better grades, but you keep playing Xbox all the time that you have. Well, what do you expect? I want mom and dad not to get so mad at me, but you always, you, you never help clean up and you're not there to, to do chores and do the things that you need to do. And, and you, why does mom get mad at me so much? Why is dad, why are you always, why are you guys always in a bad mood? <laughs> and we wonder why. Why these things happen? But we, we don't make any changes. We do the same thing over and over and we expect different results. Joshua says, can't. Secrete yourself. Sanctify yourself. If you want different results in your life, if you want something amazing, some wonders to begin to appear in your life, then you need to set your life apart. 
You can't do the same things everyone is doing. So how? How do I do this? How do I set time apart? How do I consecrate myself unto God? So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give you four quick things, and I'm calling them the, the four R's of, uh, of consecration. Amen? I think that's what I titled it. Or the three R's. I'm sorry. No, I think there's four. But, yeah, there's four. So strike that four R's, okay? The four R's of consecration. Number one, you got to remember God's grace in your life. Remember God's grace in your life. How many have received of God's grace? How many perfect people are here? If you're not perfect, God is giving you grace. Because despite your imperfection, despite your rebellion, despite you not wanting to be here today, you're here. Amen. The Bible says that faith comes from hearing and from hearing the word of God. And though you may have struggled to get here, though may, there may have been, like, like, like I've said many times, sometimes like to get to, to church with the family, it seems like World War III is always breaking out in the car or right before you walk out the door. And, and you don't, it's not a coincidence, church. There is an enemy that does not want you to come to this place. And there will be obstacles. There will be arguments. There will be discussions. And there will be all kinds of havoc beginning to happen in your life. The two hours before you get to church. And you need to learn how to rebuke that and push through it. And say, I've got the victory in the name of Jesus. Because I know God's grace is alive in my life. I've seen him at work. I've seen him move. Psalm 105, 4-5 says, Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Remember. Everyone say, remember. Remember, remember the wonders he has done. His miracles and the judgments he's pronounced. God has done wonders in your life. If you're a believer, God resurrected you from death to life. If you're a believer, the Bible says that God is not counting your sins against you. Rather, he is looking at the blood of Jesus that now covers you. And you are saved. You are sanctified. You are God's child. And there is no attack from the enemy that can hurt you. You got to remember God's been good to you, church. I, I can just walk out and, and look at all the different vehicles we have in the, on the parking lot and say, man, God is good. God is good. Because if your heater didn't work, you probably wouldn't have been here today. It is cold. But you have a car, it doesn't matter how you knew, how old it is, the heater works and you're here. You got to remember God's grace in your life. 
Second thing you got to do is you got to remember or remove distractions. Remove distractions. If you want to consecrate yourself unto God, and you want to take some time in the beginning of this year to to truly dig in into consecration and, and truly set yourself apart, to be a little bit different, to begin this year in a different way than you normally begin. you got to remove distractions. See, as the people of Israel moved into the promised land, that's what we were reading in Joshua, they're about to cross over the Jordan to take the promised land that God had delivered to them. They found nations. They found a whole group of people that worshipped other gods. See, and, and this, is a, this is a helpful picture for us today because we are God's church. We are God's people. And we are surrounded by a community. We are surrounded by cities that worship other gods. Now, they, not may, they may not be gods with a, with a form that are carved by wood or, carved by, or, or worked by metal. It, it might not be that type of God that you can see. But you can just go out and you can see all the money that's being poured into Toyota Stadium as people worship the sports that are played there. And you don't have to go too far down the road and you, and you see uh, the, the practice facility of the beloved Dallas Cowboys. And how we worship at that almighty star. And we don't even have to drive too much further because as we keep going down the, 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 the Dallas North Tollway, we see these large buildings and we're so proud of the city that we call it the $5 billion corridor. And we see the industry, we see the commercialization of, of business and we see and we get proud of the city that we live in. Not because there's a big church there, but because of all the dollars that are represented by this single road. We don't have to go too far to see idolatry at work. In fact, we don't even have to leave our homes. As we think about it and we look at the prominent position that our televisions have, I'll include myself there. And they seem to get bigger and bigger and bigger. That now they can't be contained in one single room. We gotta have a media room. We gotta have these large projectors. Idolatry is a distraction in our lives. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Jesus is speaking to the people and he says, Seek first his kingdom. And his righteousness and all these things that you desire, all these things that you seek, all these things that you need for your daily provision. Because the reality is if we strip away everything that we have, all we truly need is a roof over our heads, some food on the table, and a mode of transportation, some clothing. That's what we need. Praise the Lord, everybody. Or you don't agree with me. <laughs> That's all the basics of life that we need. But we 
We chase after material things and we, we, we chase after more things to, to fill our house with and we, we shop until we drop. And we, we shop some more even after we've dropped. Because we get home and we pull out that computer and we get so excited when that smiley-faced box shows up at our front door. And we call it, it's a Amazon Prime. And sometimes we can't even wait two days anymore. We, Amazon now. <laughs> we need Amazon now. We got little dash buttons. I need to order this. I just push this, this, that, like that Staples Easy button, right? Boom. I wish things were that easy. You got to remove distractions from your life. Because the reality is, church, that our hearts are bent naturally away from God. And we will drift towards idolatry if we're not careful. We begin to idolize things that we perceive to have cost us a lot. I worked very hard for this job. I worked very hard for this house. I worked very hard for this vehicle. And we begin to put so much, put so much priority into things that will one day... Be trashed, knocked down, and be forgotten. You gotta remove distractions in your life. Look at God, seek God. The third thing you gotta do is you gotta repent of sinful attitudes and actions. Think right now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but think of the attitudes that you've had the past couple days, the past few weeks. Maybe there was an argument with your spouse at home, and there were some words said that shouldn't have been said, and there were some things uh, declared that shouldn't have been declared. Maybe, maybe it was this morning as you're getting ready and a wave of, uh, of, of, of just unhappiness came upon you, and this attitude of how you don't have enough comes upon you, and God is just looking at you like, come on, son. I've given you everything. Giving you everything. And we gotta repent. What is repentment? We gotta turn away from those sinful attitudes and actions, and we gotta we gotta come towards God and ask Him for forgiveness. We we excuse our sins at times. Those harsh words that we say at work. Well, I don't know how many times I've told them and gave them instructions and they still don't get it right. And we let loose a few choice words. Evil thoughts. Because sometimes the thoughts come into our head. Maybe they don't come out through our mouths, but they, they're here. Selfish attitudes. Acts chapter 3 verse 19 says, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. The Bible says that when you repent and you turn to God, your sins are forgiven. Your sins, it says here, wiped out. 
First John chapter 1 verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. We got to repent. Everyone say repent. repent. The last thing you have to do in order to consecrate yourself to the Lord is you got to recommit your heart to God. I'll be honest, it was supposed to be commit, but it didn't fit with my R's, so I had to put recommit. Okay? Recommit your heart to God. Because some of us here, we have been believers for a long time, but we've been far from God for a long time. And it's time for you to Recommit yourself to the Lord. And consecration is ultimately not about living a good life. Although that is a result of consecration. Ultimately, church, listen. Ultimately, consecration is about worship. What do you worship above all things in your life? Because I truly believe that any sin... In your life, I, I truly believe that any problem or anything that takes you away from God, turns you away from God, it's not a hard issue necessarily. It's not that you don't know right from wrong. It truly, at, at the heart of the matter, the tr- it truly is a matter of worship. What are you willing to worship? What are you willing to put above all things? Is it that addiction that, you, that, that nobody knows about, but you, you, you have it and you, uh, you keep falling into it? And, and there's, just, there's ways to get around it. You can set up filters and you can let people know about things that are going on in your life and expose it, but you, you don't really want to let go of it because there's a high worship level in that area. And you're not quite ready to bring God above that. Wow, is it a relationship that has begun to develop in your life and, and it's not right and it's inappropriate and, and there are, it hasn't gotten so far where you can't come back, but yet you like the attention and you like the, the, the way he or she talks to you. And you know God is telling you, come on, son, come on, fool, wake up. But, but the worship is more upon that relationship than, than God. And you're not quite ready to... Maybe it's work. You work so much. You work 45, 50, 60 hours a week and, and you blame it on that you need to make ends meet and you, you're after and chasing after that bank account that you need to see. You need to see all the, the zeros behind your checks. We, we, we wish, right? And we chase after it. And we sacrifice our family time. We, we sacrifice our time with God in order to worship at the foot of our bank account. Praise the Lord, church. Amen. It's about worship. Consecrating yourself to God is about worshiping, truly worshiping God. We consecrate ourselves before the Lord for the Lord. 
We pursue holiness as an act of worship. And when I speak about holiness, I'm not just talking about the way you, you, you dress and the way that you look. I'm talking about truly your heart. What is your heart? What is the condition of your heart? What is going on in your heart? What is happening when you sad, when you certain things arise in your life? Where does your heart turn to? We pursue holiness as an act of worship out of a deep love and awe for the worthiness of God. We were talking to somebody this week, and, and they were saying, she, she was telling us that, that she gets on to her kids, and she tells them, you really think I like to clean? I don't. But the reason that I want to keep it clean is because that's the way your dad likes it. And because I love him, and because I want him to be happy when he comes home, I, I do these things and I get on to you guys because of the love that I have for your father. Don't you think it's time for us to go back to the love that we have for our heavenly father? And you got to cut out certain things that you may like, and certain things that you may need to start doing that you may not like too much, but you do it out of love for God. For no other reason. Doesn't matter if your kids get mad at you. Doesn't matter if your spouse gets mad at you. You want to serve the Almighty God. You want to serve Him with all your heart. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 13. Again, the, the, the people of Israel are about to cross over into the promised land and God is speaking to his people and, and he tells them, so if you faithfully obey the commands I am giving you today, I'm sorry, this is Moses speaking and Moses is telling the people, if you faithfully obey the commands that I give you today to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, then God will send rain on your land in its season, both autumn and spring rain, so that you may gather in your grain new wine and olive oil. Verse 15, I will, God now, I will provide grass in the fields for you, for your cattle, and you will eat and be satisfied. Verse 16, God says he'll do all this. He'll provide. He'll give you this land. He will give you this. But 16 says, be Careful, or you will be enticed to turn away and worship other gods and bow down to them. We are so quick to run to other things because the perceived, what we perceive in our lives is that we don't have a dependence on God because we have everything we need. You have a home. You have a husband, you have a wife, you have kids, you're busy, you have a schedule, you have a job, you have a, a, a sense of self-importance. And if you're not careful, that self-importance will lead you away from God. You got to recommit, church. This thing is not about me. This thing is not about you. This, what we do every Sunday, what we do when City Church's name is on it, is all about Jesus. It's all about God. 
all about God. Are you ready for next year? 2018 is going to be a year of expectancy for City Church. We are expecting great things, but just as we expect bigger and greater things at this church, we can also expect greater challenges. Because if we are to pursue things that are worthy, if we are to pursue those that are lost in sin, there will be a war at our hands, in our hands, in our lives. If we are to pursue the salvation of our children, there will be a war at home. But you got to be expecting it. There's got to be an expectancy of the amazing things God will do tomorrow. But if you, got, if you want God to do it tomorrow, you have to start consecrating yourself to God today. Consecrate yourself. Sanctify yourself. Prepare yourselves for the blessings that God will bring this year. Next week, we didn't announce it, but I'm announcing it right now. Next week, we're going to have our first forward event. We're going to be having a service on January 7th, on Sunday at the same time at 3 o'clock. But it's going to have a very specific purpose and the message is going to be very specific towards the vision that City Church has for 2018. And then we're going to praise God. Amen. And then we're going to come back because we want to start this year differently. We're going to come back on Monday and we're going to worship God on Monday here at this place. And we're going to continue speaking on those things that God will do in our church. So you got to be ready. you got to consecrate yourself. you got to set yourself aside. Monday night, maybe it's the debut of that new show. But no, God is going to be here in this place. And you got to set yourself apart forward we got to look forward we got to have an expectancy in our lives what are we looking forward to this week I'm going to ask you to stand we're going to do two things this week Starting January 2nd, some of us January 3rd, we're going to start a, a church-wide 21-day fast. Amen. We are committing ourselves. We are consecrating ourselves. We want this year to be different. We want this year to be a year of wonders. We want this year to be the year of tomorrow, of the great and amazing things that God will bring to us tomorrow. But it begins today, and it begins now.